What does it mean to leave a legacy? How do we want to be remembered in this lifetime? What carries us farther, motivation or impact? How often are you making excuses for the things you shouldn't be doing versus the things that you should be doing? And what does it actually mean to do the work? Honestly, it's up to us at the end of the day. We can listen to as many motivational, impactful seminars, speeches, videos, etc. But it all comes down to if we are willing to do the work. I know life can be hard, but when you dig deep, you get to see what you're made of. And that's what this episode is all about. Welcome, if you are new, to Tried and True with Caroline, or welcome back to my current subscribers to episode 8. This show was recorded in early December, and a few weeks after I recorded this, I was in a bad car accident, and it's taken me some time to get back into things, but I'm making progress. This is actually the second podcast of six that I still have left to edit and produce. So this particular episode is with C.L. King, and he is a former Marine educator and now international impact speaker, as well as the host of the Impacting Life 24-7 with C.L. King podcast. And he is also going to be releasing a book this spring, and it is called Who Ate My Brownie? And more about that inside the episode. A little background on how I met CL King. I met him through a podcast collaboration group on Facebook, and I listened to his message, resonated with it, and I thought, you know what, he would be a great person to have on my podcast to interview. So being he's well into the podcast world and his public speaking, I wasn't expecting him to say yes to me as a newbie in the podcasting world, but he did. I will admit I was nervous going into our chat, but it ended up being a great conversation. So I hope this episode brings inspiration, lights a fire, and creates a ripple effect in your life like it has mine. Wait, one more thing before we get started. Just remember, you will miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So just think about that. If you at least try to make the shot and you miss, you can try again. So that's the takeaway message. Let's do this. This is Tried and True, a place to chat about how aligning your daily wellness routine, mindset, and self-care contribute to building meaningful businesses and relationships while curating an empowered and fulfilling life. Being an entrepreneur isn't easy and learning to balance all of the things is another story, but it's worth it. Through these podcasts, my goal is to bring creative conversations to the table that empower, enlighten, and elevate your workspace or wherever you're listening. So if you're looking for a place that's going to support that big dream of yours, replace your doubt with, you've got to do this thing, know that progress is better than perfection and momentum is magic. You're in the right place. And you know, that thing you keep looking for that you believe is going to change everything? I've got news for you. If you're still looking for it, I have your answer. Go and look in the mirror. You are the answer. I believe that the messages we hear are never a coincidence. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. If this sounds like your sort of conversation, I've got a seat reserved just for you. 
learn from the past, be wildly curious in the now, and blaze a new trail to the future. Your time is now, my friend. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Caroline, and let's get this show started. Mr. C.L. King, professional speaker, creator of Get In Gear and Grind Mode. He's a master life coach. His podcast is called Impacting Life 24-7. He's got a book coming out in spring of 2022 called Who Ate My Brownie? No matter the adversity, you can make it. So without further ado, Mr. C.L. King, welcome, sir. (laughs) Well, Well, thank you so much. It's such a privilege Caroline, to be having this time with you. What little people don't know is that me and you've been talking for the last seems like 30 <laughs> minutes. Uh, and, you know, I, I really do appreciate you opening up your platform to me and giving me time on on. I, I never count that as something that I'm worthy of to be on someone else's platform, because I understand creating a brand and and you you care about your listeners and your followers and so mm-hmm. i take it very highly it's a high privilege for me to be here thank you thank you sir you are a motivational speaker and well, actually, i'm an impact motivator we, impact changed, motiv- our ti- we okay. changed our title this year <laughs> wow okay okay so what is so what is the difference between what would you say the difference is in in being an impact motivator than a uh, a motivational speaker. What's well, the that's difference? A good, that's a good question. And, you know, okay. really by all, if you wanted, if you wanted to use the scientific term, yes. Okay. Speaking for the purpose of motivating others is a motivational speaker. Okay. But the title of my podcast is called impacting life 24 mm-hmm. seven. The tagline on my company then the tagline says impacting one life one day at a time. And so as we were looking to rebrand and come out with new merch and come out with new uh, logos and stuff like that, one of my staff members, Danny said, why don't we change this motivational speaker? Cause I mean, those guys are a dime a dozen. You're not just a motivational speaker. True. You're about, you're, you're about impact. You're, mm-hmm. you're an impact motivator. In other words, you motivate the necessity for impact. Hmm. And I said, you know what? I like that brother. I, I think we might have something. So we sent it up to our man, Tim bicycle in Michigan. And uh, he kind of rebranded us overnight. And, and so I, I, I love the concept behind it. When something is impacted, Caroline, hmm. the, the event can be long over, but you can still see the effects of it. Mm. right yes you know you can drive out somewhere in the midwest where they say Mm. these these meteorites happen Mm -hmm. and these comets come break through the the gravitational plane in the sky and all that kind of stuff and you can see the impact of those rocks that hit the earth long after the event is is over that's called impact and I don't just want to come though people pay very well for me to talk I don't just want to come and tickle people's ears. I'm, I'm, I've been doing this long enough to where I don't even try to impress people anymore. I really want, I really feel like every person that's sitting across from me or every person in the auditorium or everyone listening, Caroline, mm-hmm. I, it's my job for that short, brief moment that we have mm-hmm. to make an impact. And if I don't do that, I'm not worth my salt. So that's why, that's the difference between an impact 
motivator and a motivational speaker in my book. That is, you know what? That's gold. That is so gold. And it's, and it's really true when you really think about you wanting to make an impact, whether it's one person an hour, or if it's a million people in one hour, you want them to leave with something that they did not know before you showed up. Yes, ma'am. That's and you can just be a cheerleader. Like a cheerleader is just a, at the game, right? And they're cheering right. and they're, they want the football players to go, go, go. And they want to get the crowd going, but they're not making an impact. They're no. just being motivational. Right. So that difference is just, oh my gosh, gold. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I credit my, my staff and, and Danny, who is, uh, he may hear this one day. He is probably one of the smartest people on the planet. And I don't say that facetiously. I'm, I'm talking about the dude knows everything about anything. Wow. And so when I, when I, that's why I brought him on our team, because I'm like, Hey, Danny, can you tell me where this piece of lint came from? And he could take it and look it up. And find, I mean, that's how, that's how advanced this brother is. And so wow. when he came and, and I've learned to listen to people, I don't, I, just because mm-hmm. I'm the boss doesn't mean that I know all the answers. And so I, when he came up with that, you know, I have been CL King, the motivational speaker for a long, long time. And when that pivot right there really kind of captured the essence of what we're trying to do. So you're right, man. So much more than a cheerleader. Yeah. And you know, it's like, you don't know until you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so when it took him to say that to you, now you could have taken it in a completely different context and you could have said, you know what? No, dude, I'm a motivational speaker. Whatever you're saying, no, I'm not just, I'm not an impact motivator. I'm a motivational speaker. It's almost like the, like the guru title of motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. But it's it's awesome that you took the time to actually listen to what he was asking and saying, and then so that you could then turn it into something that was actually impactful. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And I think that's where maybe leading into my next topic is listening, like the power of listening to people. We're so caught up in the chatter. We're so caught up in you should already know this, or why don't you know this? Or you already heard it somewhere else, but are you really listening? Right. And when we listen in, there's so much to be learned, but we have to listen carefully. You're right. I can, I can, I can agree with you relative to that. And, and even to a degree further that listening and observing kind of are, uh, they kind of walk in lockstep. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we are so busy, as you said, we are so busy going from rushing to get from point A to point B that we don't have time to listen. We don't have time to observe. I, I did a little study and it was funny. It was in my own family. My wife was was uh, looking at a video and it was actually a good video. And she, you know how we all do. We click on the video to see how much time is on the video left. Right. And we've seen it had like four <laughs> minutes left. She closed it out. I'm just like, I was listening to that. That was good. But but it, it is the current state of our society is that everything has to be in bite sized chunks. We got to hurry up. We ain't got time to listen to what you got to say. And and the truth of the matter is that I, I don't ever want to be so. So, and I'm just picking on my wife, but I don't, in, in the broader sense of the term, society has, has gotten to that point where we're just hearing, but we're not listening. So right. there's a huge difference between hearing mm-hmm. and listening. You know, yep. you can, you can hear, you can hear a siren. Okay. You can hear a siren 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. But you're not listening to the conversation of the fireman. Right. So you, so you got to understand that. And and truly, that that's what I'm trying to encourage people to do in, in, on our platform, too, is that listen and observe. Don't don't, you know, I, I, you know, Thanksgiving Eve, 
we were in the grocery line. Some lady was being kind to my daughter and I, and I, I told Mariah, I said, I gave her the wink and we paid for her groceries. Didn't know if she needed it. Didn't really care, but I know God told me to do that. Mm-hmm. So you got to be, you got to be willing to listen and, and observe. Yes, ma'am. Right. Wow. So what do you think, what do you think the world needs more of right now? Ooh, man. You know, they say, don't ever say that that's a great question. <sighs> they say that. But that was a really, really, really great question. The world needs, and you know, ladies and gentlemen, for I'm getting ready to tell your audience, they're tuning into my show. No, we're tuning into your show. But to your audience, let me speak to them because this is a question that you should pause and ask yourself. Don't, don't just listen to, don't just eavesdrop in on Caroline and CL's conversation, but engage in this and think about the questions she just asked me because it really could be exponentially asked of you. What Mm -hmm. does the world need more of? And I'm going to give you this because she didn't prep me for this. I'm going to give it to you. And if I get fired, then I'll just have to ask Caroline, beg her to let me come back on the show one time. (laughs) What the world needs more of is unselfishness. Mm. Unselfishness. Now, it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? We're in Christmas mm-hmm. time now. Right. So the frivolity and the, and the levity of life is in a fevered pitch. Everyone is looking at the the balls on the tree and the lights and the tinsel and, and willing to go and put themselves into debt for to buy stuff that later on will wind up in yard sales. This is mm-hmm. this this moment right here is like, man, could we duplicate this moment over 12 months? Mm-hmm. Because come January 3rd, and we've already sang Old Lang Zion and, right. and the ball has dropped. We go back to our corners. Okay, we go back to our little neck of of the world. We go back to our ideologies. We go back to our proclivities, the things that that we want, the things mm-hmm. that drive us. And a lot of times, especially when I get invited to events where they want me to talk about community engagement because right. I work with so many nonprofits. Right. Those nonprofits who are like the Boys and Girls Club, etc. They they are clamoring to get volunteers. Now we say we want to help the community, but ain't nobody mm-hmm. getting up off the couch and turning off Netflix and going and volunteering. Mm-hmm. And so we can expand that out even further based off of the past year that we've had mm-hmm. in 2020. And I'm not a politician. I don't. I think it's the only thing I can. Only thing I like about politics is I get to vote. That's about it. Um. But even in 2020 and 2021, mm-hmm. we've seen what well, it's my right not to wear a mask. And it's my right to to tell you to wear a mask. And it's my right to not get a shot. And it's my right to tell you to get a shot and, and on and on and on. And we have become so self centered. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I know this is, this is a way yep. longer answer than I'm supposed no, to. No, no, no. Keep going. This is good. This is a we have become so self centered. Mm hmm that we have forgotten about the strangers, orphans, and widows. Yep. We've forgotten about the CL Kings, who was a homeless kid raised on the streets of Cleveland. We've forgotten about them because we're so consumed by our own will and our own desires and our own ideology that we have neglected those that are a few stones throws away from us. Mm-hmm. And so if I say if there was one thing the world needs less of, it is selfishness. 
And what Mm -hmm. the world needs more of is unselfishness. It's not all about me. Mm -hmm. No, that was a, that was a beautiful answer. And, and I think that, you know, people have just become so self-absorbed in, in their own worlds. And just, you know, if, if people could just remember that we're humans, like we are all humans, we're living on this, this floating ball in space. And the only way that we are going to survive this race, if you will, is if we work together and it shouldn't really matter if I have a mask or if I don't have a mask or if I got a shot or if I didn't get a shot, if you are on the side of a road and you need help, I'm going to stop and I'm not going to not help you because I'm not going to ask you if you got the vaccine to help you. I'm not going to ask you if you're going to put your mask on or if you have a mask or what. I'm not going to ask you because I'm not going to be that kind of a person because I'm genuinely concerned that you need help on the side of the road. Yes, ma'am. And, and that's, that, and that's yeah. where I wish like people wouldn't be so, you know, selfish in that it's not just, it's not just about you. It's about who you are there to help impact. Like you right. said, like you've changed your whole brand over impact impacting. And how can I be, how can that per? how can I leave that person? And they say, oh my gosh, that woman did not know me from Adam. And she stopped and did something for me. Or, or if you're in the line at Starbucks, buy the person behind you coffee. I don't care if they're in an Aston Martin. I don't care if they're in a hunk of junk. Right. You can mm-hmm. still do that. Right. You know, totally and it's agree. just paying it forward. You know, it's being human. It's just feeling grateful in that moment that you are not in that space. And you are helping that person get through that. You know, Caroline, I went to Texas a couple months ago and I was visiting. I was at a conference called the Motion Conference. I actually got one of their pins in my hand. And that was that was at First Church in Pearland, Texas, where I'm trying to move in 2023 after my book is out and I'm a millionaire. Wow. Uh, (laughs) uh, And they said that their church has one word for their for their whole reason for exist and this just shook me this blew me away you know how we have graphs and we got to show you a flow chart and a 10 point plan and all that kind of stuff they mm-hmm. said their their the word for their church was others mm. that's it that's why they exist and when you really think about it when the rubber meets the road imagine yep. that yeah so that's that's unselfishness is is definitely something we could use more of yeah true very true. So tell me a little bit about how you got into the motivational space. Were you always in motivation or not? And here I go again, motivation. It's, all, it's, it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. How, how, how did <laughs> you get it? Remember okay. it better? Okay. How did you get into the public speaking or the entrepreneurial space? There you go. Well, you know, and if you looked at my story, just a glance of it, you know, it wasn't always like this. Right. Right. That I do know. Uh Oftentimes people judge our in-state by, you know, thinking that's just the way it is. Right. And my foster mom, Ruth E. Plowden, who I happen to be sitting in the Ruth E. Plowden legacy chair right now. She was my foster mom. She had 83 foster kids over 30 plus years. And I was among her favorite. I know I was. She won't, she, she's gone on to heaven now. So we can't debate that. But she told me when I got to her after all the things that I experienced, homelessness, sexual abuse, physical abuse, group homes, foster homes, and more. She said, you can take all of that stuff and use it as an excuse or use it to change the world. And so I said, that's what I was going to do. 
And back when I was 18, I traveled over to Belden, England and helped lead a, a missions trip to, to reach out to thousands of people over there. Then I went, came back and went into the Marine Corps and started living my life with my wife, Charity. And we started having kids and things were going well and got a great job and everything was just hunky dory until I started right. seeing news, news reports, you know, of gang violence and teen pregnancies and kids dropping out of school and, and on bullying and on and on and on. And it was like my mother's, my foster mom's voice came echoing back through those news clips. Mm. I hadn't, I hadn't done what she really commissioned me to do. She said, you know, you can use your story to change the world. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I got with my very best friend on the planet, my vice president of company and the executive producer of our show, Greg Smith, but he wasn't none of that. When we met, he was just my best friend. We went to go to Corral and I said, brother, I, we, I'm writing on a napkin. Like, this is my vision, brother. This is what we're going to do. We're going to change the world. Me and you, bro. We're going to get our suitcases. We're going to go on the road. What a joke, right? <laughs> and, and I said, man, I, I'm, I'm, I have to make an impact, bro. There's too much. There's too much going on. I have to make an impact. Got to do it, man. Greg's not a speaker. He can speak, but he's not a speaker. He's not an out front kind of guy. So mm -hmm. our relationship is great because I am the out front guy. He is behind the scenes. He would much, much rather be behind the scenes. And so we just started. We started. We said, we'll go to the boys and girls club. We'll knock on this door. I got so many no's that first year, Caroline. People didn't know who I was. I was like, who is this dude wanting to come and talk to my kids? I'm like, you guys just don't understand. I got this story. Please let me talk. And it was my man, Tabari Wallace. Now, of course, I had a few small events, but Tabari Wallace was the first principal who actually turned his school over to me. He didn't pay me the first time, <laughs> but he said, I like your story. I want you to come speak to my students, middle school, right. sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And from there, it was a literal tsunami from that point. It really was. And we've spoken to over 410,000 people around the country since then. And that was around 2008, 2009. And it, it, you know, people think the speaking business is glamorous. It's not glamorous. It's, it, it's a heavy weight because like I said, you're coming to deliver a message. And sometimes right. the message is not daffodils and, 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 right. you know, rosebuds. It's not, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes I've been called into places that are, are hemorrhaging and, and, falling apart at the seams. And I am that type of person. Listen, when you've lived on the streets homeless, like I was at 11, when, when you've eaten at soup, in soup kitchens, when you've been taken advantage of by grown men four or five times your age, you, you don't have a lot of room to hear excuses. Right. Right. Cause right. I, you know, I, no, I, no, no. people stand in front of me. I stand in front of people and they're just like, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, okay, you go into a home after this. You got your mom or your dad or both. You're good. Don't talk to me about how bad life is. Mm -hmm. because because what it and that's what that's why i say i was forged in this crucible so right. when i deliver it's usually pretty intense mm -hmm. it's because that's the way i was forged i'm not i'm not just a three right. points i'm not just the three points in a poem speaker i'm not just stand behind a lectern and push my button for the powerpoint slide i probably wouldn't even do good as a tedx speaker because i just soon jump off the stage and shake people awake that's just the way i am and, and yeah. so, and so that's what got me into this space. And then from in this space, you know, we formed a nonprofit and we've hosted statewide conferences through our nonprofit, bullying prevention, teaching, training. We just gone 
seven or eight thousand miles crisscrossing the country, Greg and I. And so with with uh, that, that's what our purpose is. Our purpose is continue to impact one life one day at a time. I will just say this. I know that was a long answer. It's okay. Keep your answer short, King. No, no, no. I, I, I will say this, that it, it has been the same from day one. So if I'm talking to 20 kids in a room, because Greg got us some gigs early on, that was like five or six kids that wasn't even interested in nobody talking to them. But you know what? If it was five or six kids, we made it as if it was five or 600. Mm. What the presentation has always been about impact. I want those five or six kids to leave with the same amount of dynamite that those 500 or 600 kids leave with. And that's, that's what we have done. And, you know, it it really, it really has been a blessing when you can stand in front of people and you you stand in front of students and see tears coming down their eyes Mm -hmm. because they can identify with what you're talking about. And I only have been able to do this because of my story. Right. I left teaching in January of this year after 25 years of teaching. Yes. Oh Lord. And I will tell you, there have been who knows how many kids I've I've taught over all those years. But I think the only I felt like the only way for me to be super impactful after all of those years was to really leave teaching and now be able to hopefully create programs that I can go back in and do and support because from the inside, believe it or not, it's not as easy as people I think think it would be to be able to do those things. Um, For years, I wanted to put, um, I wanted to be able to do yoga and meditation with kids. And I was always, I worked with the ESC population, which is the special needs population. And anytime there were troubled kids, it was me, they called. And it was me that was helping them breathe through it while they're, you know, their fists are, you know, basically in my face, ready to like, they want to go at it. And I'm like, nope, we're going to breathe. We're going to get through this. We're going to talk through this. We're going to figure out what's going on. And they, they just didn't want it. They, they don't think that those programs are worthy of anything. Can I, and it's sad. Can I, can I insert myself in this sure. conversation right now? Sure. Sure. Because little did you know, Oh, you teach yoga. And meditation? <laughs> no, no, yoga is too painful for me. I'm too, I'm too, I don't have my Marine Corps physique anymore. I can't get down like that. But when I, when I first got out the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. the first job I took was, was as a, was as a severe behavior teacher and it was oh. all the exceptional children's students. Yes. So I you know the for, deal. I did that for three years and you are exactly right. Mm-hmm. The programs are underfunded. Mm-hmm. And I can just speak this because I know because I speak for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. The programs are underfunded, understaffed right. and underappreciated. Yep. And and those those people who serve in, in the exceptional children's departments age, I believe, in dog years, you know, for every for every one year teaching is probably seven years on their life. And, you know, what why I got out of that was because you would think, OK, Chris, you were one of those people, right? You were one of those kids. You were one of those that needed a, this and that and the other and you needed help. But I saw I saw how how. And I'm just going to tell you from my perspective, mm-hmm. we wanted those kids, we, the system wanted those kids sick enough so Medicaid could keep getting billed, but well enough so they wouldn't get on, get on nobody's nerves. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do yep. we want to get these kids fixed? Do we want to, do we want, I'm just, I know we way off in a rabbit trail now. Do That's we want okay. to get them re, do we want to get them rehabilitated? Do we want to try to help them make it in society? Uh, well, then if you do, 
then you ain't getting the $19,000 a month for two kids that you build the Medicaid. But then on the other side, you don't want them to be a hassle. So you, so, so you want them sick enough so you can keep getting paid, but well enough so they're not an inconvenience to you. And I saw that in leadership and it bothered the fire out of me and I walked away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just finally got to the point where I just, I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And I wanted to finally, I had put off like wanting to start my own business for all those years because it was, it was very difficult to be an ESE teacher and then have a family at home and do all of the work at school, then bring work home. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not doing it as a complaining. I'm just doing it as the reality of what that job, you know, entailed. And, um, and now my, you know, my mission eventually is going to be that I feel like we've got to start with the youth and we've got to start with giving them that making that impact at a young age, teaching them coping strategies, keep teaching them skills that are going to better their life at a young age so that we're not still trying to mend our kids in, you know, in their twenties and their thirties from things that they were kept from at a young age. And you see it just repeating itself. I mean, I've taught any, I've taught from first grade all the way through middle school. And I did a lot of substitute work in high school. So I've seen pretty much every grade level. And it's just, it, it is such, it is at a deficit. Um, you know, when you find, you know, when I, when I see your story and I see the things that you're doing for this, you know, with your, um, with the gear program and, you know, schools need so much more than people think that they do. And the funding is just not there. And so you have so many kids that need so much, like there's teachers that are in there and you're just doing, you're everything, you know what I mean? And so when you have programs that can help to assist in just the overall, you know, I don't know, just all kinds of like life, just, just plain life. Like, you know, these kids don't need, I mean, yeah, they need PE, but instead of, you know, give them like a life class, give them like a reality class, because when they get out, it's like a completely different world. And for some kids, you know, imagine, you know, you're as, as you, as your example, you know, all the things that you went through and, you know, maybe you, you had some people there like teachers that were helping you, but what if there were better programs available to you that could have helped you at a younger age? I mean, yeah, you still grew up to be an amazing human. Imagine if you had had that support younger and the tools to be able to cope with life younger. And I think this is why our, our youth right now is in such, you know, with the shooting the other day, it's like, this is, this is our youth. Like, this is what they have to go to school worrying about, you know, and it's sad. And I don't think it has to really be that way. I think there's ways that we can help our communities and, and be, you know, make an impact and not just say, well, you know what, this is the way society is today. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to do lockdown drills. We're going to do, you know, all these things that we've now come to become. It's, it's just normalized basically. I agree. And it shouldn't be normalized. It shouldn't be a normal thing that we have to do an intruder drill every month, a lockdown drill. That's not normal. That's my tangent. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. You're allowed to. It's your show. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But, yes, you know, ma'am. it's just it, it's just I'm so grateful that you that you're using your platform to be impactful with youth, because I really believe at the end of the day, yes, us grownups need to be impacting the parents and we need to be doing that. But what we really need to be focusing on are the children. 
and the youth, because they're the ones that are going to be in charge of our planet in 20 years. That's right. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just, yeah. So tell me about the two programs that you have. You have gear and you have grind. Yes. Gear and grind. Yes. I'm going to do something. Which sounds so like military, but that's okay. I love military. Like I wish, and then we're going to, and then I'm going to let you say, but you know, when I was in in high school, it never occurred to me to like want to go into the service. And now I really wish that somebody would have, because I think I would have made a great Marine. Well, you would have, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, I really feel like I would have. Tenacity and stick-to-itiveness and esprit de corps and integrity, all are, are hallmarks of a good educator. So that could have easily been applied to uh, the Marine Corps. I'm a former Marine. In 15, no, 14, 13 days, I get to go. We get to go see our Army son graduate. He's graduating boot camp down at Fort Jackson. <gasps> and he- He's going wow. to he's going to be playing in the army band so we're tickled wow. to death. Wow. That. That's awesome. Congrats. Yes, ma'am. His whole life he's played the drums and I knew that from a young age God was going to do something with him so we're, wow. we're blessed. Yeah, grind and and gear are t- are two acronyms and it kind of it kind of piggybacks off of what you were saying relative to young people. Okay? So mm-hmm. for gear, I'm going to give you I'm going to give it all to you. Okay. okay they're going to they're going to get the whole training absolutely free and i'm going to do it in two minutes or less okay. i'm gonna try okay okay, okay. G- gear is an acronym g-e-a-r okay? okay and what we try to we focus explicitly with young people on this probably fifth grade through 11th not 10th grade is is kind of where we've narrowed it down okay sometimes when i get to the senior class if they don't know what they want to do in life i you brought me in a little too late right right yeah. Earlier, we can reveal this stuff to people, the better. And we had a program called, what was it called? Oh, we had a program called the Goal Initiative. And so I kind of weaved this into gear. Gear, the G stands for understanding your giftings. What are your giftings? What is it that, like for me, my gifting is speaking. Whenever I get called to speak, it feels like Christmas to me. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that's why when I say gift, it's not just something you do well, but does it feel like a gift when you do it? Okay. <laughs> oh, yep. does it feel like somebody yeah. gave you yeah. something good? Right. Okay. And so yeah. when I, when I sit young people down, I'm like, what is it that you love to do? And they're like, well, I love, I, what is it? What is it when you do it? It feels like Christmas morning. So we, we get students to identify their gift because sometimes math ain't their gift. Mm-hmm. English ain't a gift, you know, and we're, we're, we're pushing that. And I'm not against, I'm not, no premiums on, on ignorance, but right. we have not illuminated their gifts mm-hmm. in, in that arena. The E stands for understanding the energy and endurance required to make that gift come to pass. Okay. Just like we talked about the E is energy and endurance. Remember we talked about how people quit in podcasting because it takes too much work. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're going to be a professional impact motivator like me, you mm-hmm. got to understand that it's going to take energy and endurance. It's going to take energy. How much does it take to lift that weight off the ground? And then it's going to take endurance. How much does it take to keep that weight off the ground? Mm-hmm. See, the energy is how much it takes to, to get it going. The endurance is how much it takes to keep it going. Right. And young people, they, they, you know, they go to, they go to college and I'm not against college, but they go to college and they get into a discipline that they don't love. They don't care about. They don't realize how much it is. 
they're $50,000 in debt and they come out of college and they're not even doing that job. Right. Boy, that boy preaching today, ain't he? So yep. the G is for giftings. E is for energy and endurance. We, we walk them through this. We make them be intentional about, Hey man, what is it in your life? We're telling you that you need reading, writing and arithmetic, but I want to know what makes you tick. What, what, what excites you? The A is activate. See, because we can talk about that all day long, right? This is why I was, I, I wasn't pushing my son. I was gently nudging him because <laughs> he's one of seven children. So, you know, we, we learned the, the more kids you have, the more oh you learn how to gosh. be a better parent, right? Wow. I, I wasn't like, you're going in the military, but I was like, man, wouldn't you love to play in the military? Wouldn't they, they, they pay for everything? Blah, 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 blah. Well, after high school, well, before high school was done, we activated the plan. We went down to the recruiter's office. We said this boy, this boy wanted to play the drums. He wanted the best drummers in Onslow County. Probably is. We, we, we want, he wants to play the drum. Activate. See, because sometimes what, where kids get stuck is right. they don't, they don't, they don't start. They don't right. go. You got this gift. You understand it. it's going to take energy and endurance to get it going, but then you don't ever start. So you wind up working, you wind up stocking shelves, you wind up making subs and all of that's cool. Those are transitional jobs. You ain't building no house off of making subs unless you own the sub shop. And I get straight up with them. Amen. Okay? All, all y'all yep. that want $95,000 to make a sub is foolish. You ain't getting that from my company. Okay. I'm you, that ain't happening. And so if you think that you can stay with mom and dad for a boy, he really getting out here. You can stay with mom and dad till you're 40 years old making subs and then you know going out and hanging with your homeboys all day that that is not activation okay that's procrastination and cl king is an impact motivator in other words i'm gonna i'm gonna provoke you to put some impact in your life i'm gonna provoke you to get motivated and so activating is like okay listen i'm gonna start this if it don't work i'll tweak it i'll continuously improve i'll i'll change i'll I'll flex i'll pivot but I'm not just going to sit around and wait for life to come to me. I am going to get activated. Right. That's what the A stands for. There you Boy, go. That, that's, that's a good, that's a good seminar. Ain't that it? is. And then the R in gear, getting get kids in gear. Let's get in gear. Because what we find is, is that a gear to when you can tell a car is out of gear, mm-hmm. that means that all the, the, the elements are not aligned properly. So the car is not function you wonder why it's you can tell mm-hmm. when you my first car i had was a stick shift remember we me too to drive i had a volkswagen yeah. i had a 76 bug mm-hmm. see so so you know what it's like when it's in the it can't go in the third gear when you're on when you're in first or whatever you know what i mean yep. we got to get them in gear get it aligned and when something's in gear and when something's aligned it performs at its highest capacity Mm-hmm. But let it be out of gear. Let it be in the wrong gear. And you're going to you're going to find that it, that it will not perform at its optimum level. And then the R is monitor and expect results. Mm-hmm. R results. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare tell little Johnny he can't have a participation badge because he played football. OK, listen, y'all, I'm telling you, my foster mom made me like this. So for all of your audience members that get mad at me, she just was not all about excuses. You had to put the work in. You know what I mean? You had to get up and get to yeah. it. Right. So mm-hmm. what, what what we're what we're saying is results don't matter. That's that's foolishness. OK, tell that to the pilot. It don't matter if you land this plane correctly this time. Results matter. Everything that we look at in life is based off of results. If you stop breathing, the result is you're going to die. So here's what I want young people to understand is that you need to monitor 
and expect results, okay? So if you're doing something and you're hitting a brick wall, you need to be checking on yourself. That's called self-monitoring, Okay. Mm-hmm. When, when I'm in my weight loss mode, I'm going to just, and I'm going to make all the weight loss people mad. They're going to tell me that I'm a fool, but this is my life. Y'all live y'all's way. You won't live. <laughs> Caroline, when I'm in my weight loss mode, I check my weight three or four times a day, probably four or five times a day. I check it all the time. I become obsessed with it. I'm up here on the scale. I, I got to drink some water. Then I get on the scale. I got to go to the bathroom, get on scale again. Why do I do that? Because of the results that I'm looking for. Oh, well, the skill is going to make you, it's going to make you depressed. Well, I'm teaching this class. Can y'all listen to me for a second? The scale is going to make you depressed. You're going to get, you're going to get anxiety. The scale is going to make you go back and eat a Twinkie. No, because guess what? I didn't care about the results when I was eating all them Twinkies. I didn't care about the results when I was laying on the couch. I didn't care about the results when I wasn't active. And so now that I realize that I'm about to have a heart attack, my heart is going to explode. I better start checking the results and expect them. And if you don't expect results, then get out the game. Yep. That's so true. But it's really true. And and I think that, again, we go back to society and what people are teaching our kids. And everybody wants to give everybody a participation. You know what? You don't get to be CEO of Tesla if you are just sitting on the sidelines. You're not going to get just a result because you made a robot. You're going to get, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to just get things. Things are not going to happen if you don't make them happen. No one's going to come to you and give you your company fully done in a box and say, okay, CL, here you go. Here's your, here's your impact motivating uh, company. Just open it and just plug it into the wall And then you've got, then you just do what it tells you to do. I'd love for that to be the case. (laughs) That would be great and wonderful. Right. And you're going to get an Emmy for your podcast and you're going to get all these things because you just plugged it into the wall. That's Uh, what they think. That's what some of the people think. Exactly. (laughs) It doesn't work that way because if you don't do the work, it's not going to happen. Now for our grind mode training, what we do is we take adults and college folks and people that are trying to get some understanding grind. You hear about the monthly, the Monday grind, oh my right. Goodness, the grind, right. right? Right. We took that word and we made it into something positive. G R I N D. We, we teach, we each letter means something specific, but it's kind of like the same concept of gear, but just for adults, you know, the G stands for, you got to be willing to, to, to generate, And oftentimes, Mm -hmm. and you can't be afraid to generate, like you talked about walking out and creating your own business. So you're generating, right? You, you become the generator as opposed to somebody just waiting on you and they're, they're generating your future for you. They're generating the outcome. And so we, we go through each one of those and we, we, we walk people through the end where at the end of the grind mode, you connect with the D. I will tell you what the D is. I can't tell you the rest of the letters, but you'll, you'll understand that the D is for your destiny. Mm. When you begin to generate and you're not afraid to generate, the letters take you all the way through for you to reach your destiny. And ultimately, Caroline, that's where we want people to be. We want people mm-hmm. to be where they're destined to be, not mm-hmm. where people have to be, right? Right. Not where, not, not because of necessity, 
you got to do this job or else. And, and you know, uh, what's his name? Mr. Wonderful on the Shark Tank. He's, he, I love what he said. Nobody likes Mr. Wonderful. Oh, but you know, he, he, Mark Cuban? No, Mr. Wonderful, the bald-headed dude. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kevin, okay. O, Kevin O'Leary, is that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well yeah. in any case, he said, he said a salary or wages is the drug that they feed people to keep them content. That's true. And and not pursue their dreams. Mm-hmm. A salary yeah. is is the drug that they feed you to keep you content and not pursue your dreams. And so what we try to do in the, in the grind mode is mm-hmm. you a gr- a grinder, you will always see the effects of a grind. You'll see sparks when the grinding wheel is going against the stone. Mm-hmm. You'll see sparks, right? And so right. what we want we want people to understand is no it's not easy. Okay, the the this this stuff that they do on the internet is really a disservice to people. Oh, just click here, look at this video, and in three seconds you're going to be a multimillionaire. That's a bunch of hooey, man. It, it is it is a grind. I want you to get that. But but it it also produces results. You can't grind something for so long and not mm-hmm. something else happen. And so that's that's what those are the two uh, coaching trainings that we use to to help people in a in a in a more controlled environment because I can understand that some of my events that are live events I just got I got another one this coming next Friday it's it's off the charts it's just it's wide open it's it's going to shake you you're either going to get mad you're going to get happy you're going to get sad you're gonna, all probably all at the same time but then when we after all the emotions are done then what we try to do is try to help people walk through kind of like I just taken my journey this is the journey that I took Maybe you can take a few things out of this and help yourself. So for the grind, for the grind, um, grind mode for the grind, uh, I guess, process that you do, is that, can, do people purchase that as a course online or do, is it like a, is it, they go to like a seminar that you're teaching that component? Uh, guess what? Your, your, your boy had to pivot in 20 in 2020 right i mean i had a whole schedule full in 2020 and i had to we had to take all of our stuff that we do in person and transition it to Online. virtual yeah so we have we have both components c- capable uh we can do virtual or in person i like in person better i'll just be right. honest with you yeah. it just there's just yeah. something about it but we we have the capacity to do it virtually and and uh so that we we've we introduced that in 2020 at, by necessity Wow. Okay. Is that your, your main, like when someone at, when they ask you to come and do um, a speaking engagement, do you find that they, do they give you like a general topic that they want you to talk about? Or do you come in with your own kind of messaging that you want to get across to your group? Let me tell you the secret sister. Okay. Years ago, I thought I was so hopty topty that I I just came and told you what I was going to tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, you know, when you're when you're doing 80 events a year, people want to hear what you got to say. Right. But then I, but then I realized, man, it, it's bigger than that. OK, so what I try to do is because every every place is different. Mm-hmm. Every every atmosphere is different. I'm so I'm so I don't know what the other word is. I don't like that a word where you're like super. You know what I mean? I don't want to use that word. Um, I'm so peculiar about speeches that I try not to give the same speech twice mm-hmm. and I've given four or 500 of them, but I, wow. I may take the same title. Right. But what I've realized over the years is that 
where this school needs bullying and this church needs faith, this organization needs, you see what I'm saying? So right. every, every place is different. So what my team does is tries to take the temperature of the organization and say, what, this is all what King can do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've gone to a place, not even written a speech out and talked for an hour. I know you, I know y'all don't believe that I could do that, but, but, but I really need to shut my mouth sometimes, but, but I wanted to be delivered what is best for that leader of that organization mm-hmm. and for their people. Mm-hmm. So yes, I have, I have topics that I speak on, you know, bullying, leadership, you know, all the, all the typical topics that a, a speaker right. speaks on. Right. But I like to, I like to really take, get the pulse and what that, what that organizer wants us to deliver mm-hmm. and then, and then make that meal for them. You know what right. I'm saying? Don't we do that? Like, yeah. like when, 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 when you got somebody coming over, that's going to eat dinner, you, you kind of you're kind enough to say, do you guys drink Coke or are you allergic to peanut butter? Right. We, we right. do that. Right. So we, we tailor, we tailor those things. So that way we don't have somebody needing a defibrillator at our house because we killed them. Right. And, right. And so the same is true for me with, with schools and community centers and faith-based mm-hmm. groups is that we want it to be, we can, oh man, we like that. We need another speaker for that. But man, I really want it to be for your address and your address alone. And you're able to bring your authenticity to that space so much greater when you're willing to, you're speaking on the topic, but you're also just speaking it from your own authentic space of what you have in that area to bring to the table and what message you have tied to that, that will help get your message across. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you think that there, you know, you like you were talking before how people will complain or people will say, oh, well, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. Do you believe that there are just people that just don't, they're just not going to be willing to um, take a message and have the hope that their life can be changed? Like they're so stuck and they're so in that, that grind, if you will, of my life has always been this way and it's just never going to change. What do you tell that person that comes to you and says that? I do believe that. I do believe that there, there are people. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't matter if you handed them 10 truckloads of $100 bills full to the truck all the way to the roof. They still would find an excuse for why they can't spend it all. Right. Mm -hmm. Here's what, here's what I, at, at, in, in the, I think it's on the back cover of my book, which I can't wait for y'all to see the cover. It's, it's smoking. I mean, it is just like, I can't wait. One of the things that I say on the back cover is that there is an antidote for every adversity that comes in your life. There is an antidote for every adversity that comes in your life. You know what it's called? It's called a choice. Mm. There's also, there's also a detraction for every element that you could be successful in. And it's called your choice. This is why when we think, let me get spiritual here for y'all for just a minute, because I am a man of faith, but I won't run all y'all off. Okay, listen, this is why when mankind was created, if you believe that he was, I do, in the garden, Mm -hmm. God gave mankind something greater than even his creative power. That's why mankind fell. He gave them a choice. choice. See, so so I, I, and that's why when I enter into a place, 
I don't do, I, I usually do group coaching. I don't do a lot of one-on-ones because I, I can, I'm, I'm there for such a short amount of time and the stakes are so high that I've, I, I can't be railroaded by someone that's a negative nail, negative Nelly. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. What, what, what I, what I tend to do is I, my messages are so provocative mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm taking the excuses I'm extracting the excuses out of the room while I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I'm, yep. like, I'm stuck in yep. that mess out of the room, like oxygen. Yep. Yep. But now there will always be some that says, you know, I've got it hard. I got this. And, and, and with those, you try to encourage, you pray for them, but then you have to move on because, right. because if someone cannot, cannot make a choice, if someone cannot say, you know what, I've, I've failed for the past 13 tries, but I'm going to choose to try again. If you can't, if you can't get that person to choose to try that 14th time and make that shot, there ain't no amount of motivation in the world that I can do. Mm -hmm. There's no, no amount of words that I can say because you can override everything I say. You, you know, you're the greatest. Yeah. But you're, you're this, but I don't have a dad. You're going to make it, but I'm black. You're going to excel, but I live in the hood. You so, okay, brother, the choice is yours. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, that, and that is the way my foster mom was. My foster mom had 83 kids over 30 plus years and less than 10% of them, Caroline, are excelling. Mm. We all lived in the same. We lived in a yeah. suburban neighborhood, right? We got two. All these black kids from the hood got two white foster parents. Everything was golden, right? Perfect scenarios. But less than 10% of all of those 83 foster kids are excelling. Why? Because it wasn't mom plowing, right? It wasn't mom plowing. It wasn't the environment. Don't go telling me that once you okay. Once we remove every excuse, the environment, the parents, the location, the food, everything. When we remove it all, it still comes down to the individual choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we can yep. we can pause for effect because you know it's true. Oh yeah, and yeah. and this is why some and and I'll be honest with you, and I understand that I understand that I am not for every audience. I understand that because sometimes people want to be pacified; they mm-hmm. want to be reassured that their wayward behavior is okay. Mm-hmm. And though we're supposed to love and we're supposed to treat with compassion, Jesus loved the woman that got caught in adultery, but He told her, "Don't go sin anymore." Right. He's like, okay, now look, I'm showing you love, compassion, and mercy. I'm writing in the sand, but don't go do that anymore. Right. And I need you to choose to do better. Right. Well, that's powerful. That's powerful, right? That there, is right. Man. Yep. We yep. gotta pick up an yep. offering on that one. We got a yeah. whole. Yeah. This this is going to be the Emmy award winning podcast of the of the twenty twenty ending twenty twenty one. And you know, <laughs> I I think that a lot of a lot of my years in teaching, there were parents that thought that I was too hard on their kids because I would constantly, I would be like, okay, before you walk in my room, there's an excuse box outside. That's where you're going to leave your excuses. Cause I don't take them. Right. I know everybody goes through adversity, whatever it is, you, you rattled off probably 10 good ones. It does it at the end of the day. I'm sorry that your mom does not care that you um, are not doing well in school, but really you're the one that has to care. You sitting in my chair right now, you have to care about your education. And I'm, and I feel for you and I'm so sorry. It breaks my heart. And I am standing here telling you that I care about your education. 
So that's two of us, but you're the one that's going to have to pick yourself up and do the work. Because if you don't do the work, no one else is going to do it for you. That's right. And so the excuses, like you said, were not going to be for everyone because some people want to live in that victim mode. Some people want to take all of the baggage that they've been, that they've been piled on all of these years. And they're like, well, I can't carry it anymore. Well, then if you can't carry it, then let go of it and stop living in that story. You write your own chapter. You write your book. Finish the chapter, finish your story, how you want it to go, because you can, ha- you have the power to change your story. But if you keep letting other people write your book, you're never going to have the control to write your story. You know, we need more people like that, man. That's very, very powerful. I think about ET, you know, he's a motivational speaker, number one in the world, and he was eating in trash cans and was homeless. Now he's, you know, a multimillionaire. And so when he speaks, he speaks with, with that, he speaks like he's still eating at the trash can. You know what I mean? He's like, uh, if y'all ain't doing that, then l- let me tell you something. If I can get out of it, I'm nobody special. If I can, if I can make it, then so can you. And and that's really, that's really a reality, man. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but mm-hmm. I, and when the that de- when the deck is stacked against you, no matter what it is, you still can make it. Yeah. You have the choice. Now tell us about your book. You, 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 okay. The book is called, hold on a second. It's on the other page here. Who ate my brownie? Do you right. like brownies? Well, <laughs> I do eat them. We don't eat them as, as much anymore. Cause remember I'm trying to get back into my shape. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm too much of a shape right now. I need to be less <laughs> of a shape. Uh, the, the, uh, the book is entitled who ate my brownie. And that's from, then uh, the subtitle is no matter the adversity, you still can make it. Now, I know it probably if I'm not an English guy, but I don't know if I should have said no matter the adversity, you you still can make it or no matter the adversity, you can still make it. I don't know. It's fine. Here's the emphasis. I wanted the word still to stand out. Mm -hmm. No matter the adversity, Mm -hmm. you still and leave it right there. I was when I was living with my mother, it was a very tumultuous time relative to multiple types of abuses and it all be detailed somewhat in the book um eating in soup kitchens electricity on and off folks in and out of jail and it just it was rough i mean i was in the room when molestations were taking place i was pretending to be asleep when older folks were taking advantage of my sister it, it was a very, very, very dark time. It was dark when I lived with my dad. My dad tried to drown me in the tub. He was supposed to be a preacher and he used to beat the crap out of me, calling me every name under the sun. I thought my name was dumb MF, you know, and that was a dark time. It was a dark time when I lived with my grandmother. I thought, you know, think you live with your grandmother. My grandmother used to put me out in the detached garage in the middle of winter <sighs> with the dogs. Sure enough, did and you? That's why I say, be remember what you say to your kids or what you do to your kids because they're gonna remember. And so one day we were so hungry. I was severely malnutritioned as a kid, but one day we, me and my sister were so hungry. My mom's husband, who had came home and brought her a brownie from the soup kitchen, he put that brownie in the refrigerator in that, or on the counter. One of the places I cannot remember. I do know that the refrigerator was empty and I think unplugged. That night I went back, I went into that kitchen and ate a corner off of that brownie. And then I ate another corner. Then I ate another corner until it was gone. 
the next day, my, my mom said, who ate my brownie? And my sister, who I love very dearly, she's old, a couple years older than me. She would not tell because I told her I ate it. I was starving. I was starving. I mean, there were pigeons in our house. I mean, this, this is it's just, it can't even describe the, the conditions that we were in. Mm. And my mother said that she was going to beat us until and she was going to beat us every day until we told who ate the brownie. And what we were getting whooped with was not just a typical belt. We were getting whooped with something that's made out of a, a fan belt on a, on a car engine. It was that type of material. I'm 46 years old. And that was 30 plus years ago, 35 years ago, 34. And I still have marks on my body to this day from that thing. And I said, and I quote, I am not getting whooped with that no more. Not me. You can stay here and do that. I'm not getting beat with that thing no more. And so the very next day I walked out the front door, I kissed my Mm -hmm. sister as she was sleeping, kissed my Mm -hmm. baby sister as she was sleeping, my infant sister. And I walked out the front door, left the front door wide open. I wanted them to know I was gone. I I was not getting beat with that again. And thus that one decision, you see the choice, right? You see Mm -hmm. the choice of that brownie. The eating that brownie, Caroline, mm, that set in motion, even though things didn't get much better because I was bounced around from group homes and foster homes until I got to Ruth's, Ruth's place. But that one thing set in motion, the, the, the cycle of events that eventually three or four years later got me into mom Plowden's home. I still saw a lot of hell. <laughs> Leading up to it, you know, right. I, got, I got accosted by two grown adult women when I was 13. They were uh, late 30s, early 40s. And they, you just imagine what happens with a kid at that age. You know, we would call that molestation today. Um, and th- th- that took place, Exper- uh, you know, exposure to drugs and all this, all this kind of stuff so early on. And so, like I said, when I came to mom Plowden's house with two trash bags full of clothes, she told me, she said, you can use all that. I, she knew what happened. She read my file and she, she said, man, you got to turn the world around with that story. So eating that brownie is how I got to mom Plowden's house. And that's why I say the subtitle is even though in that moment, Caroline, it was probably the most darkest moment a kid could go through hmm. in that moment. After, after making that decision, I knew I wasn't going to go through that no more. And it was that decision that mm-hmm. got me to where I am today. So that'll all be detailed in the book. Wow. Now, do you think like if the things that we've gone through in our lives that have been hard and have been tragic and have been just heart wrenching, right? If we would not have gone through those things in our lives, do you think that we would still be the people that we are today? As bad as they were, and as bad as, you know, when we tell these stories and it, and it just, it, you know, it like, it pulls your heart out and it makes you like, how in the world could, you know, someone treat children like that or treat, you know, you see women go through things and men go through things. And it's just, how does God let those things happen to people? But then when you look back and you're like, well, if I didn't go through that, or if you didn't eat that brownie, maybe I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Maybe you wouldn't be sitting 
in that beautiful space that you're in right now with that amazing podcast microphone and headphones on top of it that says 24 seven impact motivator. You know what I mean? Like you're such a badass. (laughs) And it's like, how would you change it? No, I I think about Joseph who was sold into slavery by his brothers. Right. And years later when they appeared to him to fulfill, has he prophesied to them and they bowed before him to get some food. Right. And he finally revealed who he was because he was all decked out at that time. He was no right. longer a slave boy, right? Right. Uh, he said, don't be upset with yourself that you sold me here because God has sent me before you to preserve life. Mm. So I was telling Jeremiah the other day, my youngest son, who's now 17, I said, man, if things hadn't have happened the way they happened, you probably wouldn't be here, bro. Mm. When you look back every single detail it's like it's like the stitching in a beautiful tapestry yeah mm-hmm. there's pain yeah there's agony yeah man it it was hard i i i didn't realize i i knew i didn't i didn't have grandiose dreams when i was going through that stuff here's right. what i knew that i knew that it couldn't always be like that i knew i knew there was something supposed to be better in life. I didn't know what I didn't, I, we didn't, I didn't get exposed to, you know, people with money and all that kind of stuff. I just knew that it, it couldn't be like this. This can't be all there is to life. Right. And so when I walked out that door, I said, man, I'm going to go find what else there is to this. Mm. I'm going to go find, it. even though I had to rough, be rough on the streets for a while. And even though I had to go bounce around and still get abused in other places, that's okay. It, 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 it all, you know, it it made me a it's made me a better husband, a better father, a better man, better man of God. Mm. That that I went through all of those areas. That tapestry behind me is not impacting life twenty four seven. It's the story God uh, was helping me write along the way. So no, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't. It's like you know, boot camp was hell in the Marine Corps. I wouldn't right. change a single thing. I'd go through it exactly the way I went through it, and because. Because when you come out on the other end, you can tell somebody with confidence that no matter what you went through, mm-hmm. you still can make it. See, when I have that line on that book, there won't be a soul from here to to Raleigh, North Carolina, to California, down to Florida with you. There won't be a soul that can say, that's not true. I'm like, okay, well, let's compare lists of trauma. Right. right. And all I want to tell you is that no matter the adversity, you still can make it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. Right. And so I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God that he preserved me through that time. It was, it was hellacious. It was terrible. I wouldn't, I didn't parent my kids that way. I wasn't the best. I'm not the dad of the year, even though I try to self-appoint myself. <laughs> I, I I had struggles because I didn't have any, I didn't really know how to parent. I mean, I started right. parenting at 17. So, right. but, but I didn't do any of the stuff that was done to me. Right. None of that. You know what I mean? None right. of that stuff happened. I, none of my kids got physically or sexually abused. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, all of that helped me be at least a moderately better person. And, and I appreciate life so much more now. Right. Wow. I think that, you know, it, it just, it comes down to if any if anybody takes a message away from this from this podcast today is that you have the power and you have the choice to move and shift your life 
And if you need help, then reach out for it. There's so many opportunities for people to seek areas of help and they don't let their, you know, their pride should not get in, in the middle of that it, it, because it's going to help move them forward. Have faith in yourself that you can make the change. I agree. Well, let's see. It's almost, oh my goodness. I've kept you for so long today. Lord, I'm sorry. That's all right. Hmm. Okay. Well, is there anything else? Oh, wait, one more question. What do you, what are you most excited for in 2022? I'm most excited. I'll be honest with you. Let me, this is going to sound so self-serving, but I'm so (laughs) excited for this book to come out. Okay. I've been working on it in, (laughs) you know, that, that, that a in gear, what does the a stand for? Activate. It stands for activate. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been avoiding that one for I haven't even taken my own training on how to get this book done because you know I've I've been speaking on the speaking trail forever and mm-hmm. I probably should have could have had this book done back in two thousand nine, but everything happens for a reason yes. and God brought us to this to this time we've never seen a time in history like this before and so I really do feel like it's it's our moment to mm-hmm. put all of this together I don't want. Because people forget, I go to places and they'll remember my speeches. Ooh, don't drop the hammer. But then they can't tell me what it was about. They just remember the title. You know right, what I mean? Right. And so I want to be able to leave something in the hands of moms and dads and educators and foster parents and community leaders and students alike. Because I've just realized something, man. At 46, I'm just getting therapeutically over some of the stuff that happened mm. to me. So, you know, there's countless, I think they said there was 50 million adults that were abused as children that are walking around on the planet today. Yep. 50 million. So could be somebody in your neighborhood. And I want to, I want to inspire them. I'm I'm not just writing a book. That's like a tell all book. You know, it's not just going to be, man, my life was an absolute hell, but I'm giving actual strategies throughout the book Mm -hmm. to, to, because if I say you can still make it, then I'm going to tell you some things that I did to to still make it. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give young I want a young person that I'm going in in an urban city this coming weekend or next weekend, and these kids, you know, that they're they're a lot of hopes has been taken out of that city, mm. and and I want a kid to be able to pick up this book. I want moms, dads, everybody to to read it. But my number one customer never can write me a check, and it's usually the students, right? Right. I want them to pick that book up, and I want them to see, man, this dude went through all of this, and he's doing this now. Right. I want them to see themselves in me. Mm. I want them to see themselves in me. And so 2022, that is what I am most excited about to, to leave this legacy. I'm self publishing it because I feel like I'm the best promoter there ever was. I can and you're right. Myself. Besides you know me now, besides me, cause I'll be, I'll be pushing it too. I'm like, you know, I'm going to promote this thing. I ain't letting Barnes and Noble and, and Amazon get 70% of my revenue. I need it, man. I got kids that go to college. No, truthfully, it's just, it's just something we want to do. We want to, we want to absorb the whole body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just going to be, we'll be on a lot of more, a lot more shows, a lot more speaking than 2022. Just going to be wide open, just getting the message out about it. It sounds awesome. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be an amazing story and. Today has been super awesome. I, I mean, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And again, it's so nice to see and, and to hear 
like-minded and not just, I don't mean, I don't want to say like-minded because I want you to think like me, no, but like-minded in a sense that we're here to be impactful. We're here to help people heal and to help people see the light at the end of the tunnel and to see hope and to see change and to see things that are good in their life, regardless of, like you said, the adversity that you may face. I'm grateful for the, uh, for the conversation. So thank you very much for taking your, your chance on this, this newfounded (laughs) podcast over here from Florida. It's, it's like I said, it's been an honor. You, you have done a fantastic job. Your line of questioning was amazing. And, uh, you know, from one former educator to another former educator that, you know, obviously that God knew what, what he was doing when he put us together. We have worked with a similar population of kids. So our mm-hmm. heartbeat is for them. Yeah. And, um, I actually have one of the students that I worked with. I'm devoting a whole chapter to him in the book. So, wow. um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. That's awesome. If anyone would like to contact me, it's very simple. Just go to clkingspeaker.com, clkingspeaker.com. And we're going to soon be spooling up the pre-orders for the book. If you like a, if you like an impact motivator to come and shake your organization up, I'm the one. (laughs) That is definitely true. Definitely true. And are you going to do autographed copies? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Cause I'm going to put my, I'm going to put like an extra in there for my autograph copy. Oh, that's good. You're going to get it. It won't be extra at all. It'll be totally a blessing. Yeah. Well, I'm blessed to be a blessing for sure. Thank you. And hope everyone enjoyed this uh, show today. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for taking the time today to listen to Tried and True with Caroline. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, I would appreciate you leaving a review or sharing with a friend or family member. You can also hit subscribe and make sure that you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. If you want further information on how to reach Mr. King, you can find him at CL King Speaker on Instagram and www.clkingspeaker.com for, for, for more information. I love connecting with y'all, so please reach out and say hello on Instagram at True North Tribe or leave me a voice message on the Tried and True with Caroline website. Have a beautiful day and I will talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>